Welcome, everybody. Really nice to see you all dialing in. And I see a lot of iPhones dialing in, so I'm guessing that a lot of people are walking outside, which makes me really happy. Yeah, so we hope you are doing fine. And just a short introduction on what this lunch break will be about. Yeah, we wanted to, to set you off and start spring with with something new, something new content and that maybe inspires you. And um, I think this topic that we're going to talk about in this lunch break is something that we don't really think about on a daily basis. It's not about stakeholders or impact assessments or um, or compelling stories. No, it's this time it's about it's about nature and the lessons that we can learn from from nature. And um, we invited a very knowledgeable speaker on this topic, and it's uh, Sasha Post. So uh, welcome, Sasha. Um, thank you. Thank you for joining us uh, today. And yeah, I'll give a short introduction about, about Sasha before he will, um, he will share his wisdom with us. Because, yeah, I, I know Sasha for, uh, for a few months now. As you maybe have read in the introduction, Sasha organizes nature retreats. And I'm joining his full year program where, um, where we go on a five-day five day long weekend uh, on the Veluwe. Um, every season and we learn about what happens in nature that season and what lessons you can take from that. Yeah, why did I why did I join this this journey, this nature journey for a year? And that's actually because I feel that especially in our job we can get quite yeah caught up in all the the deliverables and the career ladder and always wanting more and um yeah whereas I think that that career place or yeah is not the only place where we can learn valuable life lessons and i think that the environment of nature has actually a lot to teach us as well um and i think sasha is a really wise and knowledgeable man with a lot of experience and is really good in passing on this knowledge about how can we look at nature in a different way and how can we take lessons from that to actually live a more balanced life where we tune into the seasons and um, therefore, yeah, accept that as well, the seasons affect us as human beings and how we can actually yeah, deal with that. So, yeah, that is as well how, how Sasha already has helped me for uh, this this past year uh, is to escape my bubble sometimes and and yeah, look at my environment in a different way. And I really hope that this this coming lunch break, you will also yeah feel inspired to do so, and to uh, to take life lessons from a from the environment of nature. So that that's a sh bit short introduction and a personal note as well from how I know Sasha uh, and why he is here today to share his um, yeah um, share his knowledge. That's it from my side. Um, over to you, Sasha. And um, yeah, we're very, I mean, I'm very curious to, to, to see what you will share with us today. Thank you very much, Hester, for inviting me to this call. I'm really excited to be sharing some of the things that I've learned over the years. Um, this is a, something new for me. I'm usually in front of groups. So this Zoom call is also a bit exciting for me, but I'll just speak my story, and if something comes up during during the um, during my words, you can just write something in the chat, and I hope to be able to answer your questions after my little talk. 
So uh, as has already introduced me, I am a nature guide as well as a wilderness leader, which means that I take people into the wilderness to learn how to live in, uh, yeah, how to live in the wild and how to thrive in the wild. And as well, I have a background in philosophy and cultural analysis, which means that I try to combine both the practical skills and uh, ancient wisdom from many cultures that lived in close harmony with nature. So um, one of my primary aims with my nature retreats and also with uh, the work that I do is to help people connect to nature more deeply to understand how nature works, but moreover to apply its wisdom in daily life. Because to me, I don't think everyone needs uh, to be uh, living in close harmony with nature, like to be living in the wild or in, in uh, a very natural environment to actually apply its wisdom still in your day-to-day -day life, even if you live in the city. So uh, I would like to first share a little bit about my backstory, how I got to where I am right now. And then I would love to speak to you about uh, what nature can teach us in general about how to live according to the rhythms of the seasons and also a little bit about where we are right now in the year and how you can hopefully apply that in your daily life as well. So um, I'm 33 now and in my 20s I was a filmmaker and I mostly traveled the world for about seven or eight years and in this time, I lived in many communities and tribes where people still lived very closely connected to nature and the wilderness. Um, as part of that, I also went on long explorations into the wilderness myself uh, to experientially learn and discover what it means to live uh, with nature in a very simple, basic, pure sense of the word. Uh, one of my wildest trips was a full year in the jungles of Central America, where I was living off the land in a hammock and all I had with me was a few clothes, blankets and a pocket knife. And I mostly lived off mangoes and coconuts and sometimes rice and beans when I entered the village. So by going so deep into this exploration, my personal discovery, I really started to understand a few things about how, uh, yeah, how connected we as human beings are to nature and what we can learn from that. Mm. And also how we can start to align the natural cycles of life in our own life, which I think some of us might have forgotten a little bit along the way uh, because, uh, because of our modern day life, lifestyle basically, which is not very connected to nature at all anymore. So, what I do in my retreats is that I basically teach people to learn how to observe nature closely um, with all of their senses. Because what that does is that we can learn to read the seasons and the natural cycles of nature and help us predict changes before they actually happen. Um, and the reason I do that is because I believe that the outer world, so the exterior world, can teach us a lot about how our inner world works um, because we are ultimately an intrinsic part of nature. We sometimes tend to uh, make a distinction between nature and culture, but I think that's quite an arbitrary 
distinction because um, we are just as much uh, a expression of nature and all of its uh, and all of its other creatures uh, as anything else in this world. So through the process of evolution, our bodies were aligned to the flow of the seasons, we learned how to align to the flow of the seasons. And we learned how to adapt to the rhythms in nature to survive and thrive. And I don't necessarily think that this has changed very much, but just our lifestyles changed a lot during the last, say, under 200 years. Um, and especially now with the new situation where we're mostly behind uh, our computers in isolation uh, in order to work. Um, but our biology is still the same. And I do think that our energy levels fluctuate quite a lot with the amount of sunlight that we receive, just as all other beings on this planet. And our state of being, also our emotional state of being, is very much influenced by our environment as well. So in other words, we do move with the seasons, even if um, we might not be very conscious of it anymore. So what I do is... Um, I teach people how to connect again to this wisdom because I do believe that we all carry this wisdom inside of ourselves and uh, we haven't forgotten that we just came sort of inaccessible or uh, it just lost, we lost our attention to it and um, therefore it might feel like we have lost our deeply felt connection to nature um, and even though for some people that may be more true than for others, I do feel that there's still quite a lot to learn and a lot that we don't learn uh, during our education about how we are influenced by the changes that are happening all around us every single year with the seasonal flow. Uh, and this can vary from changes in weather, changes in amount of sunlight, changes in uh, changes in the kind of animals and birds that surround us, changes in the nature, the colors. There's so much that influences us and says something about ourselves that we not really are consciously aware of anymore. And when we do become conscious of how we are influenced uh, by our environment, we can learn how to realign ourselves to the natural flow of life and the reason this can be interesting is that because once we, again, start to use this knowledge in our personal life and in our work life, um, we start to do the right things at the right time. Um, and this means that we can have the wind at our backs. And by moving with the flow, uh, with the seasonal flow, working with uh, the amount of energy that we have during, throughout the year, we're not really struggling to swim upstream anymore and we start to become more efficient in a way. At least this is my experience. My own experience is that by using this knowledge and deepening my understanding of every seasonal cycle, which just happens every year, again, uh, I learn a little bit more because I consciously stand and reflect or I consciously pause and reflect uh, uh, before yeah, basically during every season, I take some time to reflect on what this season can tell me and how I can uh, more graciously flow through it. Um, 
my experience is, is that life becomes a little bit easier and more in the flow. And I managed to work with my energy levels instead of forcing things into existence when they're not ready yet. And first of all, before, before I speak to you about um, what we can learn from the current moment in nature and also how you can perhaps relate to this, um, maybe I would like to ask Hester for a moment to describe for herself how she experiences uh, after having done about three of the retreats already, um, if there is already a shift in your understanding and in your life as well? Yeah, um, good question. <laughs> I think what I yeah what I learned most is that if we indeed align with the seasons, it's it's more that I allow myself to kind of give in. And not fight a certain um, energy that actually is there. So, for example, in winter, it really feels good to not do a lot. But, you know, we live in a world where there's constant things being expected of, of us. Um, so I think learning what actually what is happening outside and how that is okay instead of um, fighting it with, oh, but I need to be productive. Oh, but I need to, you know, uh, have have results. Or So it really, it keeps kind of um, uh, pushing me back and saying, relax, time will come, uh, accept what is now. And um, yeah, don't, don't fight too much, but have trust in, in the process. And for me as a quite a impatient um, human being that is a lesson that you can't hear often enough mm, nice thank you thank you for sharing that yeah I do think that once you start to understand that we cannot like Esther was already mentioning uh, once you start to understand that we cannot live in eternal summer so to speak and I'll speak a little bit more about what I mean with that a little bit later but in other words that you cannot be productive all the time and you do also need periods of rest and reflection. And if you start to use the seasons to integrate this and to apply this uh, structurally in your life, um, there is actually, you do become more efficient over the long run because you do give yourself some, some time and space to become more, to again, to recharge your creativity and to make, make bigger ideas and bigger projects possible ultimately. Um, I would like to speak a little bit about the, the seasonal flow and uh, really quickly take you through a year of uh, the four seasons and what they represent, what they stand for. So we are in spring right now and spring uh, intuitively, uh, maybe you can already start to look around you. Hopefully you are outside, outside by now. And looking around you, you'll see that a lot of things are budding. And a lot of things are coming to the surface. Um, everything is fresh and new. And therefore, spring is also uh, regarded as a time of rebirth. It's a time where um, everything that um, we have dreamed about, everything that... Um, became to be uh, in our world of ideas and our mental ideas now is, is starting to manifest itself in the exterior world. 
if you if you look at nature, you also see that a lot of things are revealing themselves again. And um, it is a it's a time where the energy is quite high, and the rush of life is really starting to flow through us again. We start to get all of these really cool ideas, and we start to um, believe that uh, we start to think about our contribution to the world again. And then um, this is also a time, because it's a time of rebirth, it's also a time of, uh, where the creative energy is very high. And you have the capacity and the energy to start building things, start to work on uh, big creative projects that will help you and others as well uh, to make this world a better place, basically. And then when you move into summer, summer is basically a time or a period of expansion. Uh, it's a period where there's a lot of energy, there's a lot of sun, there's a lot of growth, and there's also a certain maturation. So uh, where spring is still a time where we, yeah, so where we can receive quite a lot of new ideas, but we don't really know which ones are the right ones yet. Um, in summer, you actually start to, you have chosen the ones that are fruitful, literally fruitful, and you start working on them so that they actually come to bear fruit. Um, you give, you allow them space to grow and to mature. And then towards the, the autumn, like our projects come into a state of completion. So that it doesn't mean that everything is finished and everything is done, but we have fulfilled a certain cycle um within a, a bigger project for instance um and this is uh this time of late summer is basically time where fruits are ripening and the effects and the, the fruits start to bear basically so you can uh, start to harvest uh whatever it is that your work has uh affected and um after this, after this late summer celebration, basically, where you really enjoy the fruits of your labor, um, we come into a space of autumn. And autumn is really a time where we, again, have to start to let go of certain things that we don't need anymore that have served their purpose throughout the year. But now uh, we have a chance as the energy is sort of depleting again, we have a chance to start to come back to ourselves, to reflect, to see what we no longer uh, need to carry with us and then consciously let it go. The reason we do that is to create space for something new to grow the next spring. And um, before we move uh, into the winter, it can be very, um, yeah, it can be very beautiful to start to, reflect on the things that you'd like to take into the new year and also the things that you'd like to let go of um, so that there's a certain rest or ease uh, when you flow into the winter which is basically a time of dreaming and potential where everything in nature quiets down and becomes less uh, defined uh, all the energy goes back to the roots and so too, we uh, have a chance to explore our interior world, to explore our dreams and everything that we want to accomplish, thinking from a place of pure potential, so not necessarily thinking about what is possible, 
about but more really feeling into our deeper desires and the winter therefore this time of reflection and deep inner silence is very important because this is the place where the new seeds are planted uh, for the next year and if we skip that if we just continue to uh, live in spring and summer over the autumn and winter then we might not necessarily uh, give ourselves the space and the time that's needed to really do groundbreaking work just continue with whatever we're creating already um, you need some space and time and pause as Hessels was mentioning already to uh yeah, to create something that, to create something that's out of the box, really, for yourself as well. Um, and then also, of course, the winter is there for you to rest and to, uh, to regain your strength and your energy to go through another very conscious cycle of creativity. So, of course, there's far, far, far more to say about the seasons, but we only have such limited amount of time. And... Um, this might give you a sort of intuitive idea already about how the seasons work in your own life. Again, whatever it is, whatever I'm saying is just a invitation to feel for yourself what you can take on, what you think is relevant, relevant for you. And if you actually recognize it in your own life as well, because often we carry, well, not often, I think all of us already carry this wisdom inside of ourselves but it's just a matter of reconnecting to it and uh, giving it time and space again. Because um, our bodies are aligned to the seasons anyway. So I think our mental state and our emotional well-being is as well. Um, yeah, so that's a quick, that's a quick sort of introduction to how a year cycle can work uh, for you. Um, but I think what would be actually really interesting and also a good way to test whether you feel like, oh, this, this kind of intuitively makes sense to me, would be really nice to speak a little bit about where we are now in the year and how this, uh, how this period of April and this period of spring, um, how you could recognize that in your own life, uh, regardless of your surroundings, but just in your interior world as well. So I'll continue a little bit to speak a little bit about April in general and spring in general. Um, and again, the invitation for you is to uh, connect to yourself and really ask yourself, does this fit, does this suit me? And if there are questions or uncertainties or things that you don't agree with, I'd love to hear it as well. So uh, then feel free to write your questions in the chat and we can discuss a little bit more because again, um, I'm also still learning and it's a forever pro it's a process of trying to unravel the mysteries of nature so to speak that flow through us maybe sasha um yeah be, be before we really dive into the spring yeah um maybe we can ask the group already on a kind of first reflection after hearing the full cycle if they if they recognize things there yeah we'd love to hear that absolutely yeah um maybe if someone wants to yeah, unmute and, and share a bit of, hey, I recognize it, or hey, actually, I don't at all. I feel like summer all year long. Um, yeah, someone wants to um, respond to, to that question. 
think. Uh, um, oh. Roland, you go first. <laughs> I don't know who the second one was. Well, for me, it's definitely, uh, I recognize a lot of things in it. Uh, and summer is mostly dark. I mean, of course, uh, you have a lack of vitamin D. Uh, for example, in, in, in uh, our summer, uh, so, sorry, winter. Winter, I mean, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Um, also in winter, I, I somehow I can't manage to push myself to go to the gym, for example, uh, when there's no corona. Of course, we can't go at all now. But yeah, those are like small things. Whereas now in spring, it's like, oh, yeah, uh, it's nice and sunny. Let's go to the beach and uh, let's go and have fun and interact. And, and yeah, it's more of an opening up time and, and a growing time. So yeah, yeah, I can definitely recognize what you say there, Sasha. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Good to hear. Nice. Thanks, Roland. Someone else wanted to share? Oh, yeah. That was me, uh, Pin, who, uh, was try who was interrupting Roland. Sorry for that. Um, no, I was just, I, I really recognize it. I think as Reef had talks about this as well, um, that during winter, I was thinking, why uh, am I so less uh, energized? And uh, this is, I, I don't have. Uh, energy for initiatives and plans and what's wrong with me and I feel much happier in summer shouldn't I move to a to a country where it's always sunny something like that and now I then I it really gave me some peace that I recognize it's fine I mean uh, like like animals you're in a winter sleep <laughs> and uh, um, it's just getting energized uh, for spring and summer again so I really like the, the idea nice yeah um, can I respond to that for a second? Yeah, please do. Yeah, I think the the recharging period is so crucial, and the sort of societal pressure that we all seem to feel that we always have to be uh, sunny, so to speak, um, can really sort of sort of break down our enthusiasm to again create something new, and if we can actually give ourselves permission to really enjoy this time of rest and reflection and space. Um, there's just so much more growing potential of the next cycle uh, because everything in nature works like that. So we work like that as well, I believe. And uh, there's a, in my own life, I also know it's like the more I start to understand this, the more I can rest in it and I don't feel pressured anymore. Yeah, I think indeed that that is, with practice, you can you can kind of uh, really dive or like really enjoy it, but it takes some practice to do that. Yeah. yeah. So can yeah, I... and it's also oh, sorry, what no, I really no. uh, liked about it as well is that you can have the conversations um, with your friends about it, and that you might uh, stop pushing each other to uh, organize a lot of events and that kind of stuff because you you always do that in summer, so you should do it in the winter as well. Um, that, that you all agree on that it's fine that we are all a bit more in the in the winter sleep period I, that helped me as well. Mm. Mm, nice. Very good to hear. For me, I would like to and share Corona. something. Yeah, I don't know who was talking. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, I just want to share something that I observe about the Netherlands. So before moving, and that actually made me move to the Netherlands. But it's just uh, something that I really appreciate about the Dutch people is they're actually really dependent and. Uh, moving along the weather and also the sun. So they are really like sunflowers, basically. At the moment, there is some sunshine. There is like huge difference with uh, my own culture, which is that you actually go to the terrace when it's open, of course, 
and people don't use the heaters, but they use like literally blankets to just be enjoying a nice glass of wine outside and taking the little bit of sunshine that you actually have in winter. So this is something for me, I actually realized the importance of sunshine that I used to have in Marseille way more often. And that made me actually really okay to be in a cold weather because I know that when it's going to be happy and the weather is going to be nice, everybody's going to also go with the flow. So mm. just wanted to share this one because I don't know if you are aware of it, but this is amazing. <laughs> this is really cool. Yeah, nice. I'm very aware of Thanks. it. Because I also, I lived in the tropics for a long time. And the reason I wanted to move back into a place where the seasons are more tangible, more noticeable, is because I, it really helps me to... Uh, connect to this flow more easily and uh, definitely like the closer we get to the equator the more sun there is the more vague sort of this distinction I mean the energetic flow is still there but like the, the physical representation of the seasons is just not as powerful and uh, therefore I also really like to be a little bit more north and to actually perceive like the, the beautiful changes as well and therefore, so really appreciate the sun when it's back. Yeah, nice. I think let's yeah let's let's hear what you have to say about spring, and then afterwards we can hear uh, all the other questions. Yes, of course. So uh, as I mentioned already, um, in this space of pure potential, in this space of dreaming that happens during the winter when not a lot is happening on the outside world, and we're kind of forced to go within. Uh, by resting and dreaming and just like staying at home. Um, we are planting some seeds already, like, and these seeds, they kind of contain uh, our wildest dreams, our wildest ideas. And some of those are now slowly revealing themselves, like little buds that are coming out of the earth. Um, and you might not really, they might not have a real clear definition yet, but you do feel, you might have the feeling that some of the things that you, you already thought about are now sort of coming into fruition, are coming into the manifest world. They're still they're starting to reveal themselves. So um, we, the way I measure spring is uh, by the amount of light that we receive. And this is according to the Chinese calendar, which uh, is a little bit different from our Western calendar. And in the Chinese calendar, the height of spring, so like the pinnacle of spring, the pinnacle of the spring energy, and therefore also the pinnacle of what we consider to be um, thematic for spring, is the spring equinox, which happened around uh, about two weeks ago. And equinox is basically the, you might know it, it's like this time where day and night are of equal length, uh, where the sun crosses over and now the days are getting longer again instead of shorter. Um, and this means actually that uh, if you perceive it from an energetic point of view, that the energy is only increasing, the sunlight is only increasing, which also means that we move from our interior world again into the exterior world where we start to create things again. And we start to focus our most of our attention towards building things, creating things, making things, um, expressing our creativity. And also, uh, yeah, like there's, there's not a lot of room or thought going towards reflection anymore or towards dreaming. Now we're just really going to be active and start working to, to create those things that we want to see in the world. 
So when this light returns, when the days are getting longer again, um, we're invited to open our eyes to the world and consciously make a new beginning. Um, it's a period of expansion. It's a period of waking up from your winter slumber, breaking feel. And you might have this feeling as well. When it's now definitely, I feel it now the sun is returning again and the weather is so great. It really feels like a fresh start. Like, let's do something nice this year. And um, this, this increasing sunlight also helps us to get ready to act on what we want to bring into the world this year. And we're becoming more active to give shape to whatever makes us excited. And therefore, this uh, sort of inward energy of excitement is, very, is a very good compass to follow because uh, this excitement really shows us the way towards what uh, little buds or what little uh, seeds you should give more attention uh, because your excitement tells you that's where you want to go. That's, that's, that can bear fruit. So again, your excitement can be a very good weight or a tool to measure to see uh, what things in your life you should give the most attention. Um, spring is also a time, and I think most of you have uh, probably heard of the idea of a spring detox. It's also a time where um, our bodies are very uh, attuned or very uh, well evolved towards detoxifying. And that is because uh, there's this natural period between uh, winter and uh, spring where uh, for our ancestors, there wasn't a lot of food around. I mean, like there were the first spring greens, but we mostly probably already ate our way through all of the things that we stocked up for the winter. And it takes some time uh, for, the new, uh, for the new food to come so, uh, or to grow into something that we can eat again. Um, it's also a time where uh, if you were a hunter-gatherer, you would leave the animals alone because they were bearing uh, offspring and this offspring needed to grow a little bit stronger in order for, uh, for us not to deplete basically the resources that we had around. Um, and therefore our bodies are really attuned to detoxifying in this time. Like we can really handle a fast very well in this time. And this also really can help you to uh, clear out all of the stagnant energy that you accumulated in, uh, throughout the winter and can really help you to energize yourself again and to, to basically get back into, into your newly freshly born shape. Um, and this can also help to kind of free your life force again. And this life force, this path that is basically demarcated by your excitement, uh, it requires an unobstructed path. And uh, if you still have a lot of weight carrying around, like excess weight carrying around, this can not necessarily only be physical, but also be uh, mental and emotional or even spiritual for some people um, if this weight is if you free yourself of this weight by doing a very conscious detox then this vital life force can start to flow uninterrupted through you again and you have more power and agency towards your creative projects um, so that's basically the first step of spring. And then the second step is to start assessing what seeds you want to grow, what seeds you want to allow. 
Um, and everything that is now waking up inside of you is showing itself, things that you want to give shape, is still quite young and fragile. And usually we get so excited about our new ideas that we have the tendency to want to share them immediately with everyone. And uh, what happens then is, or what can happen then is this, this sharing of, of uh, these newly born ideas that are still quite fragile, not really able to withstand criticism yet, uh, can get smothered by the opinions and ideas of others. So uh, the invitation is always to, when you have this new, fresh, uh, freshly born idea, to give it some time and space to grow into something more strong, more sturdy. Um, and until that time, give it, uh, don't necessarily share it with others until you really feel it can withstand the criticism of others as well. Um, and the discerning eye. Of course, this is a very crucial step in your in the development of an idea, sort of uh, feedback looping it with others. But if you do this too soon, you can actually demotivate yourself as well because like your idea doesn't have like the shape yet and you don't exactly know what it wants yet, what you want yet. And then you can be overwhelmed by the ideas of others because everyone has very, has quite a lot of, around this time has quite a lot of ideas. So um, yeah, this is basically uh, a little, how do you say that? It's a little pitfall that we uh, tend to fall in if we if we if we're not careful. Um, so yeah, that is to say that we naturally protect and sustain seeds for the new year until they're strong enough to withstand the criticism of others. It means that you also control the pace of your growth. You don't grow too fast, too slow, uh, or too slow, because with the increasing strength of the sun, the energy rises by itself, and the competition from the outside world also uh, starts to increase. I don't know if you've ever seen um, a garden that's left untended. I mean, in spring, it still looks quite naked and bare, but like if, uh, a few months later, it has just exploded. And um, therefore, it's really important to be very discerning about what you want to allow to grow and what not, because right now it's still very young and fragile. But if you just leave it be and you allow it to grow into some strong, powerful weed, it will be very hard to remove again from your life. So it's kind of a time where you really assess on what you want to pull out, what you want to allow to grow, and what you want to make space for it to grow. So it's a, it's a really cool time to start to discover and start to ask yourself the questions, okay, so what is actually going to bear fruit for me this year, and what do I want to give space? Um, in other words, it's a time of creating order and structure in your life, clearing out whatever is in the way of an undisturbed process of growth. Um, and this, this structuring and this ordering of your life, I would do it in a way where you're creating space. So whatever idea that you have, you create space around it so it can breathe and uh, your life feels spacious and open for this new idea to grow into whatever it wants to grow in. Um, in other words, the structure unfolds from within, like a leaf unfolding or a flower blossoming. And it doesn't necessarily unfold from outside restrictions. Um, so often when we, uh, when we share an idea with the outside world, we already get quite a lot of uh, restrictions or 
on, on the way it, it can grow because the outside already defines what it needs to be. And then the invitation is again to try to create as much space around it as is possible, of course, because we all have to work together in a way, but to create enough space around it so that you have uh, the capacity that uh, this, this new idea has some space to move and it can kind of start to uh, unfold for itself from within itself, from uh, imposed uh, positions from the outside world. Yeah. And then finally, the, uh, the invitation is to give your creativity all the space it needs. So really uh, uh, try to live without limitations and really enjoy it. Because the more you fall in love with your idea, the more you will start to attract it as well. And if you fully uh, believe in your idea, and you fully feel like, oh, yes, this, this is very cool and i'm going to create this that's kind of the time where you can start sharing it with the world and this can be a very powerful act this, this act of expression because if you truly believe in what you want to accomplish um remember that it will be contagious for others as well um because people take you seriously and i think we all cannot help but to contribute to the realization of what you want to create in the world if you're really excited about it so I'm talking a bit fast, but I think like this is more or less uh, the, the things that I wanted to say about April. And nice. it'd be really nice to, to leave some room for questions. So mm -hmm. I will keep my mouth shut for now. <laughs> nice. And I hope this, uh, this was useful to you. Thanks, Sasha. Really nice. Um, yeah, so maybe... For people, uh, if you want to have a question, um, type your name otherwise in the chat so I can know who I can unmute. And while you think of a question, maybe I'll I'll start with a question from my side. Um, and that is, um, if this time of spring, you know, is full of energy and uh, we we want to do a lot, how can we as well then as this group of consultants? Um, yeah, be aware that we don't overwork ourselves and follow all our ideas. Mm. Yeah, I think that's where the discerning eye really comes in because there is such a rush of life going through you that you really um, start to be very mindful of what you want to give space. I mean, ultimately, like there's only so many projects that you can realize in one, in one cycle. So choose the ones that give you most excitement and really try to uh, eliminate the other ones from your life so that you have the possibility for these, these really fruitful ideas to grow very big and very spaciously. Okay. Um, and of no. course, <laughs> yeah, saying no, for sure, yeah. Maybe I have a question which relates to Hester's a bit. If I can hop in, Hester. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, so if you, yeah, of course, we're in a, like in a consulting firm. Um, so if you put yourself in a position where you would own your own consulting firm, Sasha, yeah. um, how would your, like your views on, on, on the season, et cetera, how would you translate it into like a working structure throughout the year? Would you like adapt it and saying, we work less in the winter and more in spring or, or maybe the other way around? Um, yeah. Oh yeah, it's, it's something that I do think about because like, um, of course, like the retreats that I organize, 
um, they're mostly geared towards individuals, but I do think this this same knowledge and wisdom can very easily be applied in in uh, in company structures as well. And um, I do think, uh, for example, what I think would be very interesting is to have moments in the winter where you actually consciously come together to dream wildly, for instance. And of course, like winter is not necessarily time we don't do anything, but you just do whatever is necessary, but you don't try to, um, yeah, you don't try to overwork yourself. So you have time and space to, to dream wildly and to bring up these really big ideas that can change the course of your, uh, of your company. So yeah, it's something I do think about and I'd be really excited to flesh that out more for sure. Mm. Nice. Yeah, me too. Nice. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Roland, for the question. Anyone else who wants to raise a question to Sasha? You can just unmute yourself. Yeah, I didn't have a question, but something uh, that came to mind. Um, but first of all, thank you, Sasha. I, uh, I really like your talk. And uh, at least for me personally, I really relate to the yeah the things you're saying uh, with, well, <laughs> I really cannot argue anything when, I, when you sit home all winter and now the sun shines. And I also feel that I have just so much more ideas. Um, but I also think that, the, that it is really personal um, how, how your productivity flow moves around the year because um, I have a sister who has the nasty combination of having both a sun allergy and autism and oh. for her summer is really uh, really stressful period because there's a lot of social pressure uh, and I heard someone say before that uh, that this model could be a good tool to not pressure people to do too much in the winter um, and I wanted to add to that that uh, I think the model is really wise to like get in touch more with your own uh, way of doing things, but it shouldn't be used as a way to organize processes for everyone without first uh, checking in with them. Because I think my sister's productivity peak is definitely in winter because then she has less stimuli and she can just work uh, all day. Nice. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I do think that um, this is something I, I mentioned a lot during my retreats as well. There is um, there is always a balance of energy. It means that one one uh, sort of energy is dominant, but doesn't mean that the other energies are not there. So there is also creative energy in winter. Um, the the invitation is if you start to work with the dominant energy that uh, you still have free will, so you can do whatever you want, obviously, but you might feel a little bit more. Um, and of course, this again, this is different for everyone, but for most people, they start, start to feel more uh, ease and grace and sort of, like I said before, the wind in your back, if you try to flow with the, the energy levels and the cycles in nature, um, because there's just, uh, it's kind of like you're running downhill. That's basically what it feels like. But at the same time, um, this is not a one, this is not a model that uh, is going to fit everyone. And therefore, it's again an invitation to really assess to what extent you think uh, 
these uh, these ideas can be helpful to you. Yeah, yeah, good, good, other perspective as well, Niels. Yeah, thanks. One maybe one final question or comment from from the group before we give everyone some final minutes to end their lunch break. I have a question if I can. Um, I'm part of the uh, interest here. Um, but um, I was wondering because you mentioned that um, around the equator, the seasons are uh, less pronounced. So you have, for example, longer summers. Um, but now with the whole global warming happening all over the world, the seasons are also changing a lot um, in the Netherlands, or at least yeah. they sometimes seem to be. Um, so I was wondering how you see this change, but also how you would maybe um, like what your experience is from uh, trying to apply this practice uh, run in countries around the equator um, to here for like future. When yeah, so my, my personal experience of living in the jungle is that I couldn't do it for more than two years uh, because um, I guess I also have Northern European blood. I, that probably makes, uh, makes sense, but I couldn't really get used to the because I also grew up with very changing seasons. So um, I do think that our, uh, also here, the, the weather of course is changing, but the amount of sunlight stays the same. And I think our, um, yeah, we adapt, I think we adapt mostly to the amount of light that we receive. I think that's the biggest dominating influence. And then the weather of course also has a big impact. Um, but ultimately, when you also when you look at plants, like the the moment they start to blossom is definitely dependent on the amount of light that there is, the amount of energy that they receive. Um, and I think as human beings, we're quite similar. And my uh, experience with like living in very very sunny places is that uh, I got a bit overwhelmed, uh, to be honest. And I do need that that time of interior introspection and and rest to really uh, work effectively and productively. That's my own experience. I would love to, um, of course, because I teach this from like a Northern Hemisphere perspective, but I would love to find someone that like lives in the tropics and that can recognize uh, a different seasonal flow, perhaps. Yeah, that's always a need. I mean, the question that I also have is indeed it's about the energy that is there, but of course, like the intensity of the energy also changes with with the temperatures rising and um, uh, trees start to blossom earlier as well because of the temperatures are rising. So, yeah, I also sometimes think so. What yeah, what's the effect of the temperature rise then? Yeah, of course. I think that um, I'll, I'll start to wrap it up, but. Um, the by observing very closely, and this is ultimately what I teach people in my retreats as well, but observe, learning how to observe very closely, you don't necessarily try to apply a model or a theory, but you really start to connect more deeply to your interior wisdom and learn how to apply that in your daily life. Because if you start to observe nature, you can probably, with all of your senses, you can probably already start to deduct when certain changes are going to happen inside of yourself as well. At least that's my my experience. Um, yeah. yeah, is there is there like uh, one more minute to give you a few final tips? 
Yeah, please. Yeah. Um, yeah, if we can keep it in one minute, that would be really great. <laughs> yeah, nice. So um, tip number one is allow your desires to blossom as they want to. So really give them space, we already uh, spoke about. Um, really take your time. Don't stress out too much uh, by the rush of spring. Really take your time to choose what you think is right for you. And uh, so kind of a relaxed effort and trust that your qualities are taking shape and that you have the possibility to bring something great into the world as long as it comes from this place of excitement that I spoke about. And finally, it would be nice to do a detox. I really recommend that uh, in a way that suits you. So thank you for your time. Uh, if you'd like to learn more, I wholeheartedly invite you to one of my retreats. Um, or if you are excited about how to learn how to apply this wisdom in one of your projects or in your team, I'm always open to discuss potential workshops or trainings as well, customized to your needs. So that's me. Thank you so much for giving me the time and space to do this. Yeah, and thank you, Sasha. I, yeah, I really enjoyed listening to, to the stories again and uh, to the lessons. And I, I really hope that the rest of the group has a similar, a similar experience. Um, yeah, and, and I will share the uh, your website and um, uh, maybe we can kind of summarize the tips again and I will send an email to all the people that uh, that, that joined this session. I think that would be good. Very nice. Will do. <laughs> good. All right, everyone, have a nice uh, end of your lunch break. And, uh, yeah, if you want to let me know how you like this session, please do so. You can just send me a WhatsApp or, uh, or an email about it. And then, um, yeah, that would be great. Okay. All right. Thank you Thanks, so much. guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.